All right, Heather. A, B, C, D, or E. Um, let's go with B. So you said C? Okay, good. Glad you said C. <laughs> yes. C is what I meant. Yes. No, I will let you go again next week. I just, I have a C to talk about. So you will get to go That's again next totally week. Fine. It didn't matter what, if you had said anything but C, even if it was Jason, I would have done the same thing. Because I have a C. So do you know who announced their retirement from, from movie making this week? No. Who? Woody Allen. Like he was actually going to make a movie. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> what? Yeah. That motherfucker had the audacity to go, you know what? I choose to stop making movies now. That morose motherfucker. Wow. I used to love that man's right. movie so much too. God, I loved Woody I Allen films. Yeah. But yeah, that motherfucker had the audacity to go, you know what? I'm going to retire from movie making. That's like if R. Kelly at this point came out and said, you know what, guys? I'm not going to make any more music. <laughs> exactly. Right. Come on, man. Come on. Yeah. Interesting. That fucker just had the audacity to do that. Hmm. Maybe that's why I didn't hear about it, because I feel like most people are like, who cares? Fair. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. I mean, and I agree with that sentiment completely. It's just. It annoyed me. And like, like, I still. You know, it still it still stings me a little bit. Just because I, I, I fuck, I loved his movies. And he just had to be on all that fuckery. And if anybody doesn't know, just Google it. I don't even really want to get into the fucking shit he did. And yeah, and he's one of those people. Don't 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 come at me with bullshit of like. Well, it's just accusations from like 30 or 40 years ago. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck if it's just accusations, whatever. I think his behavior since then and some of the things he's put in his movies, because a lot of, in every one of his movies, every single one of his movies, he's either in it or there's a character that represents him in it. And if you just look at some of the, the chicanery of the bullshit that he had put in some of his movies with that character, and like I said, just his actual behavior himself. You, If you just play simple connect the dots and go one to two, you're like, yeah, no, this accusation is probably correct. Because, you know, why else would you marry your adopted daughter? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and then you go and look at some of the movies and just the underage dating and 
all of this kind of stuff, you know, the, the older man with this extremely younger woman and like, you know, she wants this. She's, she's doing this. She's inviting me in. She's, you know, she's the one controlling this situation and all this stuff. Like you're a grown, it's like you look back at that stuff and you go, man, why didn't I seek the signs? Oh, exactly. And you feel so dirty, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Like when you go and you just look at it and you go, this man told us what the fuck he was for years. And just people then were surprised when the accusations came out, you know? And I, I like the way you phrased it, Justin, like, and you're right. I didn't think of it like that. Like, yeah, I, I thought of it, you know, like it's always the beautiful younger woman that his character gets with. And then, but you look at it, like you said, Justin, it's always the, she's the one in control. She's the one mm-hmm. pursuing him. He's just a neurotic little guy that just doesn't know what to do with himself. And, you know, they're the ones that push themselves onto him. Yeah. And then it just reminds me of that whole thing that you see so many times, like on S- like episodes of Law and Order SVU, where the guy's always like, well, she came on to me. Yeah. And you're just like, that's what that man was fucking telling us constantly. Like, that was his MO. Like, I like younger girls, but they come on to me. I can't help myself. He's fucking telling us that for just almost every one of his movies. Even his movies that don't have the neurotic character. They still have that woman character, though. Look at Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Look at Matchpoint. Movies of his that are more serious that don't have the neurotic character still feature that female, though. Weirdly enough, in both movies played by Scarlett Johansson. Hmm. Yeah, he really liked Scar Joe. And that's like creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just all that bullshit. And then that man just goes, Hey guys, I am choosing to step away. Right. Jesus. It shows just how fucked his mind is. It shows that he really is so fucking disconnected from reality that he thought that that was a thing. Even if he's trying trying to do that as like this weird fuck you to everybody and whatever. It's still like the warpedness of your mind to even think that that's what you need to do at that point. Yeah, to me, it's, it's kind of, it's arrogant. It's the, you can't fire me, I quit type of deal that's sort of what it reminds me of like that trying to get in trying to have some control over where your career is going and 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 pretending like you have control when really this narrative and what you've done and the allegations and your behaviors have already controlled it but it's to me it's just arrogance it's just arrogance and just another tall tale sign of what kind of man he really is 
Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, and it's just kind of weird too. I mean, to do anything in any sort of public eye or anything like that, you do have to have some amount of arrogance. You do. There has to be some amount of ego to you. I mean, fuck us sitting here and doing this. Regardless of anything, there's a little bit of ego that we are sitting here going, you know what? I think people should hear what the fuck I think about movies. Yeah. There's a little bit of arrogance to it. Mm-hmm. You have to have that to do anything to, to, to show two people. You have to have some arrogance. Otherwise you would never be able to show it to people, you know, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know what I mean? Even really good, humble people that are still kind of in the arts or in any form of thing that's used for public consumption, there is some arrogance to them. There is some ego to them. You know, even if they are just nice, humble, down-to-earth people, there's still a little bit of that. And there kind of has to be. And that's fine. But just to have the ego to go, nobody even wants to look at my face, let alone see my name anywhere or have anything to do with me anymore. I'm going to tell them that's my choice. Exactly. (laughs) Fuck, man. And and then to me... audacity. Yeah. And to me... That even screams even more that the fucker's guilty. Like that mindset alone, like to me, in that regard, is the mindset of a predator. So, I think it was also him confessing. That's how I took it. He's like, I'm retiring and I'm confessing that everything anybody said to me about this or about me with this is 100% true. Because that's just the type of person that does that shit. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, I, I literally just, I, I, I want to say this happened like one or two days ago. Or no, two or three days ago, I'm sorry. Mm. Yeah, I saw an article in like, I think the New York Times talking about that. Below probably 10 other things that people care more about. <laughs> Actually, I think I saw it on Twitter. It was just like their Twitter account posted an article back to like their website about it or whatever. You know what I mean? But if it was, if it was, I'm, I'm sure you're right, Heather. If this was actually in the paper itself, it's probably on like page 37. Like buried in the who the fuck cares news. Yeah. Or the people that are like, oh, he didn't already. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why, like, I don't understand when people rail against the idea of cancel culture. It it ultimately means nothing. I mean, are, can you technically be canceled if you're alive? I mean, I'm just saying, because you could always pop back up. Fuck, Louis yeah. C.K.'s doing shows and, and fucking recording CDs and doing podcasts again. So is TJ Miller. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, don't sit there and fucking complain about cancel culture. These people are doing shit. It means you're canceled for like a year and then 
people forgot about it. And so they don't care anymore. I mean, all it really means is you typically go from making several million dollars to just a few million with these celebrities. Like, that's what it means. Like, you go from Mm. several million to just a few. You know? Oh, man. I mean, shit, even Kevin Spacey's trying to make movies again. Really? Yeah, I can't wait to not watch any of those. Right. Dude, he had one. He had a movie come out like six months ago. I mean, I think it was like straight to video on demand. But technically, yeah, Kevin Spacey had a movie come out very recently. I also just wonder, like, the people who are, like, willing to take that risk at this point, too, that are movie makers, you know? They're the movie makers that actually, uh, they want, they just want the publicity. They just want the talking points. Yeah, that's fair. They don't give a fuck. Like, they are kind of like that soulless side of Hollywood that cares nothing about that shit. But if you're talking about them, their movie, that's all they give a fuck about. You know? Mm-hmm. Any attention is good attention sort of deal. Yeah, because there are people that will spend, you know, 10 bucks, go to a theater and watch some bullshit like that. I'll watch bullshit movies, don't get me wrong, but I won't do it at the expense of furthering somebody like that's fucking career. Right. You know? Like, I'm not going to go do it for that spectacle. Like, I'm not going to go for a movie that was apparently rated like a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes with Kevin Spacey in it. I'm not going to go watch that movie because I'm like, oh, the spectacle. But I'll watch Things Killing 4 if it ever comes out for the spectacle. Yeah. I don't even remember what the name of that movie was. The Kevin Spacey one or the Thanksgiving 4? Thanks killing for. Oh, I'm just saying that. I'm just saying if a thinks killing four comes out, I'll watch yeah. it. Because that's the good kind of spectacle. It's a spectacle of the movie making process. It's not the spectacle of come see this garbage piece of shit return to, you know, making movies. Yeah. Anyway. Heather, next week, I'll get you back. Sounds good. You'll get to actually make the choice. Unless something else happens. Unless something big happens. And then maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> and mainly because I have to push Shastin off for at least another week. Because it's not like I could go, well, how about them Cowboys, Shastin? Because his Cowboys won a game. I thought they had no business winning. The, me, mad. Me neither. I was shocked. If you I if really you had was. asked me on Saturday, what is your most confident pick for Sunday or for this weekend's games? I would have said the Cowboys losing to the Bengals. 100%. Not even being on bullshit. Just you lost your star quarterback going to a guy that sounds like a fucking Gold Rush character from a 1980s movie. <laughs> As your quarterback going up against the reigning AFC champs that 
yeah, it had a bad game the week before, but you know, you're thinking Joe Burrow's going to bounce. He's Joey Hollywood Burrow. Yeah. You, don't, you don't think he's going to have two sh- complete shit games in a row? Yeah. It felt like a bounce back game for the Bengals. It really did. It, it had all the ingredients and that offensive line is worse than we thought. And they spent 70 more million to make it better. I know. And that's the crazy thing. They thought it was better. And this man has been sacked 13 times in two games. Dude, if you go back, if you, if you, if you don't even count this last game, but if you count just the first game of the season to go back the Super Bowl, the AFC championship and the divisional weekend to the playoffs, he was sacked 26 times in four games. That is crazy. They're going to get that man killed. Like, and it's sad because he's so good. And if he just had a little bit of time and he's got enough talented receivers and it's just sad that they can't protect him. But yeah, like I was going to sit here and say like, you know, and I can't even say anything either because apparently my Titans fucking forgot how to play football over the off season. We look like the Titans of seven years ago. And just suck, man. We got blown the fuck out on national television. I know, buddy. It was sad when we watched it. Just blown the fuck out. We looked so good in that first drive. Oh, man, we looked so good. I was like, okay, this is going to be a game. We're just going to be traded touchdowns. It's going to come down to the wire. And then even at halftime, I was like, you know, it's not out yet. It's not done. You know, it was like 17 to seven and a half. I'm like, okay, we came back from more than that when we played them last year. Like, it's, it's fine. And then it's 41 to seven with like five minutes left in the third. I'm like, oh my God, please just end. Just end (laughs) this game. We couldn't even get a garbage time touchdown. We were playing so poorly. We couldn't even get a garbage. They had their second stringers out there and we still couldn't get any more points. (laughs) my titans looked like what i thought your cowboys were gonna look like but like i said i can't say shit about the cowboys right now because they fucking won their game well that and the and the buffalo bills just damn near look unbeatable like it just seems like when things are going right like it's like unless they beat themselves, you can't beat them. Like that's what they look like that team this year. But we'll see what happens. I mean, we'll, I, we'll see. I'm not willing to say that yet, just because they played the Rams. Now I know the Rams are the reigning Super Bowl champions, but the Rams were also built to win the Super Bowl last year and just be a competing team this year. It's kind of what the Rams. But were God, built to man, do. they crushed them. I know. I mean, they they absolutely crushed them. They did. And then they beat the Titans. I'm not going to lie. At this point in the year, that's nothing to write home about, apparently. Apparently, we just suck again. So, being the Titans is kind of, you know, going to be something that a lot of teams are apparently going to do this year. Because we lost to the New York fucking football Giants. God, they better beat the Cowboys this week. If they don't beat the Cowboys this week, then I'm going to know my Titans suck. 
regardless of whether or not we beat the Raiders or not, if the Giants do not beat the Cowboys, we just suck. Like our game is irrelevant. We could win, lose nothing. If we we could win by fifty, and I'll still think that we you know we have a higher likelihood of suckage if the Giants don't beat the Cowboys. I don't know, man. Maybe you're just underestimating Cooper Rush, man. The Red Rocket, I think is what they call him. No, that's still Andy Dalton. Is it? Yes. He's still playing. <laughs> if he was not playing, you would be right. Okay. But he's still, he, he's the backup quarterback for the Saints. Okay. So, yeah, I guess he gets to keep his name. You know. keep it. But, the, but the, I don't know. Maybe there's something about this rush, buddy. Some about this rush. God, that sounds just like a nineties fucking name. I know. <laughs> what it does? sounds made up? His name is Cooper Rush. Oh. It does sound written. It sounds like some bad sports movie where Cooper Rush is the replacement quarterback and he's got to deal with his you know, his family issues and his innermost problems whilst trying to quarterback a team after the 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 head quarterback goes down with an injury. It sounds like a movie. Or he sounds like the the bad team or like the evil teams like preppy quarterback. Yeah. Like wearing his eyes odd and driving a Thunderbird going, you guys are too poor to beat us. I'm Cooper Rush, and we're the winners. Yeah, and he makes bad puns based on his last name. Bad Rush puns and stuff like that. And we're going to rush past you guys when we win the game because you're poor. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Because it's horrible. It just has to be like I said in the 80s where the preppy people always have to bring up that the other people are poor. And that's why they can't win because poor. That was such a theme in the 80s. We're going to win the competition because we're rich. You're the poor people. So many 80s movies. Anyway, we, we need to talk about this movie instead. So yeah. are you guys ready for that? Yep. You. Yeah. Cinema Slayers. Slayers. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight we are going to talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between with the new movie, The Woman King. We will go spoiler-free recommendations and scores, and then into a more spoiler-centric section. With time codes in the description to allow you to jump around, if you so require. And that is included in both the podcast and YouTube uh, descriptions. And with all that, uh, Heather, our woman king, what are your thoughts about this movie? <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, 
Well, I feel like it's a weird thing and you guys will understand it later that I have to preface this, but at face value going into this movie, not knowing anything about the background or history of what the story was based on. Um, that's what I'm going to give my, my score off of for this. And then we'll go into maybe why that might change later on. Um, so at face value, I think this movie was great. Like, I think the acting performances were amazing. Uh, Viola Davis, as always, is like just the best. Like, I just think she's, I honestly think she's one of the greatest actresses, like, of our time right now. I think she's wonderful. So I think she did a great job in the role as, um, you know, the leader of this this tribe of women, these warrior women. And they have a few key characters that they focus on in this story that they tell here. And each of them has just a very distinct and unique personality about them. And I really loved that because it really kind of fleshes them out as their own specific people. Um, they are just very dedicated to this tribe of, of warriors and their training and all of these things, but you get to see them apart from that too. And I think that they did a really great job of showing that here. And um, I'm not remembering the characters' names, but Lashana Lynch is one of the the actresses and she was so phenomenal. I just, I loved everything about the character she played. She was very, um, she was a, she was a leader. She was very driven and confident in her skills. Um, but you could see that softer, maybe not softer, but you could see that side of her where she really did want to look after the other people and make sure that they were also going to be trained up enough to help protect this tribe as well. Um, and the uh there's another character who's a younger girl who comes into this um this tribe of women and i loved everything she did um she's just every time she's on screen she's just so captivating and she just takes up that space so well um and i just i love the connection that these women have because they've really created their own sort of family uh within this you know, this warrior, you know, tribe that they're in. And um, it, it was just a really great uh, way to tell the story of the women that are in this, in this group of women. Um, I, I think that it's also visually very beautiful. I think the, uh, like the costume design and just everything that they do, you feel like you're in this world with them. So I think they did a great job with that. Um and again, I think this is just a very um, acting performance driven movie and they really nailed it with the people that they casted in the roles. And um, and I know we'll go into it more later. Um, it's interesting. I saw somebody who was kind of doing a review of this movie earlier this week and they basically said the four leads in this movie should basically just be the new Fantastic Four <laughs> because they were all just like so amazing. Um, and I kind of agree. I think that would be awesome. But yeah, I, I really, I think the way they told the story, it didn't feel, I, I feel like they paced it pretty well. Um, it didn't feel overly long. I don't think that they lingered in parts of the story that they didn't need to, but they kind of touched on, you know, they touched on romance, they touched on action, they touched on the training, they touched on the, the deeper things going on in this community. And, um, 
you know, they touched on a lot of different things in the time that they were given and it didn't feel overly long. So yeah, I think overall, I really thought this was an excellent movie. Um, yeah, so that that's my my first take on it. Justin, our resident man king. <laughs> what about you? Um, <laughs> that's funny. Um, this man, it's like I'm after learning more information about the the background of the film. I'm kind of in this weird place. So I'm just going to kind of mimic Heather and just sort of talk about how I felt about the film. And then as we are dissecting things that other things that we learned about the film, how it compares to the, the, the true story of the Agoji women and all of that, then, you know, maybe we'll arrive at a different place. But as a film, I, really enjoyed this film. I thought that it was a great film, honestly, just looking at the story of itself in a bubble, like all of the acting performances, like you pointed out, Heather, were great. I loved Viola Davis. I loved the young uh, trainee, which um, I don't want to butcher the actress's name, so I'll just say the, the character named Nawi. Um she she was great. I loved this story about how she um like came to the Agoji, how she learned about it, what ha- winds up happening with that story, and they kind of went um a-, a direction with it that I didn't see coming until of course it was you were supposed to see it, but it sort of went a direction where um, I was like, huh, I didn't know they were going to go that deep with it. And then I thought I wasn't going to like how that story came about, but it ends in a, w- with that character, but it all ends in a very, I guess you could say crowd pleasing, satisfying way, but not in a, like a corny crowd pleasing way. It ended, uh, the, the way that the, it ended with the strength and a conviction and a sort of, you know, empowering outlook that the, that the film sort of has throughout and it maintains that and it keeps that. And I did also like all the humanity that was brought to these characters. It wasn't just like, it was this movie where it's like, look, they're, they're, they're Africans, they're black and they're badass, And that's just going to be what the movie is. I like that the movie showed the humanity of the characters. We not only got to see this ferocious militaristic side of these women, but we also got to see the very emotional sides of them. We got to see things that they care about, their worries, what they've gone through, the things in their life. We get to, we get a little glimpse of some of the things in their life that have that have hardened them to become these female warriors and while ultimately um, why they have the strength that they have and why that is something to be respected and to be feared and also something that's somewhat inspiring because like there aren't really too many movies like this. And, and I think that that's something that's definitely worthy of being said. I mean, yes, we've seen movies where it has like strong black women and stuff like that. 
But I mean, but to me, it's like this and like what Black Panther, where like you really see African women like put in a powerful, like meaningful position. Not so much just like African American women, but like African women, dark, like dark skin, you know, and they look powerful and they have a presence and the movie is just all about un- unapologetically showcasing that. There really aren't a lot of films that depict them that way. You know, normally the we, we've talked in length and before about like, like how Hollywood sort of has this affinity to the lighter you are, the better you are. And how sometimes like, the 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 lighter your skin tone, the more opportunities you get, the better that you're portrayed, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, understanding that and being aware of that, it was it was a breath of fresh air to just see them presented so well, you know, to to see um this skin tone, if you will, presented in a way that didn't feel like it was saying that they were, you know, everything in this movie was really good. It was, it it was good about saying, look, they're beautiful too. They're strong too. They have, um, concerns and things like that, that you, that, that are compelling that they, and and it seems weird to just be saying all those things. It's like, well, doesn't every movie try to have those things for their characters? Yes, but you don't see it too often with this. So this felt, like something more in that way. It felt like something a little more powerful in that way because we are getting a showcase like this. Um, And yeah, as the story plays out and as you learn about each of these character stories and the women are all interacting with each other, I just found those interactions compelling. I thought that they just had a way of telling the story where I was never bored with what was happening. I was hanging on to every detail Um, And with that being said, you know, these were, um, this was a military sort of group of women that fought to um, protect this tribe and so, and this kingdom. So the, so that means that there's going to be some fighting and there's going to be some choreography and there's going to be some fight scenes. And I thought that those were done well too. Now, obviously, the you know we talk in length about how you know when you do a lot of jump cut and that can be problematic and things like that and, and yes there was jump cutting in this movie none of these women are like trained fighters or anything like that but i still thought that the fight scenes were effective i just found them and maybe it was more from an emotional standpoint than maybe a choreography standpoint like it wasn't like i saw a bunch of flips and dives and you know, flip over the person's shoulder and all of this stuff. It was more brutal fighting, like just grabbing a person, forcing them to the ground. You know, it it felt more like visceral and just gr- like n- gruesome's not the word, but 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 I think I said it right. It was way it was much more physical than it was finesse, and it was a lot more intense than it was like flowy or core or or like synchronized and i think that that helped the fight scenes that helped me enjoy them 
if you can't be like John Wick and come up with all these interesting concepts and tracking shots and all of that stuff for your fight scenes, well, then you have to nail them emotionally if you can't do those things. And I definitely think the film succeeded at that. So even the fight scenes, I found them engaging for those reasons. Um, Ultimately, I do think that this is um, a good movie. I just wish that I that went that once I read up on the story and read up on who on who these people were because I came out of the movie and I loved it so much and I felt empowered and I was inspired and I was like man this is this is one of the best movies I've seen this year and then it made me want to read up more about who these people were and and the Agoji women and what they what they what they were about and everything like that and I thought that what I was going to read was going to mirror what I saw on the screen and come to find out that was not quite the case. So now I'm sort of in this weird place because I loved this movie, but then there's this other side of me, this integrity side of me that's like, but I have to address the how dramatized and the liberties that were sort of taken with the story. So that might change how I view this overall, but on its surface, I really enjoyed this. And I thought that the story in and of itself in a bubble was a great movie. I'll do the same thing you guys are doing. Um, I have, I have a few problems with this movie, but I do agree with you, Justin, when you said this was probably one of the better movies I've seen all year. I mean, to me, it's it it would have been in outside of some other other things, and I would not spoilers. Sorry, my cat's getting a little crazy. Um, but outside of now, some other things when I when I came out of this movie, it, to me, it would probably be the third best movie I've seen this year, right after. Uh, Everything everywhere all at once. And still probably Top Gun. Just Top Gun. I was about to say Top Gun. When you, I mean, I know that that type of movie is not for everybody because it's 100% pure gloss Hollywood. You know, it's not everybody's thing, but I mean, it's what a summer blockbuster should be. I mean, it's everything you could ever want in that type of movie. So, yeah, it it would have been right under those. Like, I mean, should I have, should I say that this is better than Top Gun? Probably because, you know, it's got all the acting. It's got all the things that quote unquote make a better movie. But, you know, that's outside of the visual spectacle that is going to the movies. And Top Gun, it's there. And so is everything. And see, and that's the thing. And everything everywhere all at once is like a beautiful combination of both. It's an incredible visual spectacular feast for the eyes and in, in like this weird technicolor type of way. Cause I'm not trying to say that this movie is not like a glossy, well-made movie. It is, but it's not that hyper technicolor visual spectacle of a movie that like a top gun and everything everywhere is, you know, are, and then just everything everywhere all at once also has the acting. It has the, the story. It has everything else. It's, the most all-encompassing movie ever, and I love it. 
Um, this did this sort of feel like a brave heart or yes. Yes. like a gladiator or something like that. It felt like one of those just like raw kind of inspiring kind of historical pieces where every now and then a movie like that comes along and it's just, you know, I hate to say it, but maybe back then in that time, Ben Hur could be an example of that. Like, Sadly. I know, I Spartacus. know it's an eye roll, but we got to acknowledge at that time that that was this movie. Like every now and then that movie like this comes along and it's like epic and fierce. And it's just, it makes you just go, huh. you know, when you stand up as the, the movie theater, you're just like, oh yeah, man, that was a damn movie. That's what this was. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, that's what this was. And, and that's oddly enough, one of my complaints about this movie. Because the first two you mentioned, <laughs> Braveheart and uh, Gladiator, those movies were also both rated R. I kind of feel like this movie should have been rated R. Yeah, I'm not really. Yeah. Gonna, I'm not going to really stick on the movie for that. But at the same time, we saw like nine different throats get cut with like nay a drop of blood, and visually that kind of takes me out a little bit. Ultimately, mm. the movie is good enough to make up for it, but it bothers me a little bit when I'm watching a very brutal and intense fight scene. And an episode of House has more blood than this movie did. You know, <laughs> I didn't you know what? I didn't think about that in the moment of watching the fight scenes. But yeah, you're right. It didn't have that gore aspect of it. It didn't. And I mean, it I, had everything else. Though. It does. It, it does. just didn't have that. And yeah. Unfortunately, I, I, I can agree with you on that. Unfortunately, while I'm watching the movie, it took me out a little bit because I would see these brutal fight scenes and I'm like, no one is bleeding. And I was so confused because I thought going into this movie, it was rated R. And I was just so confused Same. the whole movie. Like, why was there barely in a blood in a rated R movie? Just go for it. And then I looked it up and I'm like, oh, it was only PG-13. Okay. I guess. They hit that mark. But like you're seeing people get their heads cut off, like just stabbed and slashed and just, you know, inklings of blood on a piece of cloth. And I'm like, oh, like it just, it takes me out of it because I am in a way, weirdly desensitized. So when it's not there, I notice it. When it is there, I actually barely phases me. But when it's not there, I'm, it's so ingrained in me at this point from watching Game of Thrones and now House of Dragon and watching shit like you know, Braveheart and Gladiator and 300 and all these shows. I'm so used to the violence that when it's not there, that's when I get taken back a little bit. I'm like, but he just got cut by a sword. Where's the gushes of blood? You know? Um, and like I said, it's just something that for me personally, when I'm watching those fight scenes, it took me out of it a little bit. But I do agree with you, Justin. I think I, they are a slightly more simple, sim, uh, simplistic fight sequences. 
But at the same time, that's very fitting of the the styles of fighting that they would have had back then. If they went mm-hmm. all John Wickian with it, I would have been bothered by it. Because I'm like, no one would have fought like that back then. So when you're authentic to the fighting styles and whatnots that you have for the time period, I'm fine with it. You can go more simplistic. That's true. Because sometimes it is weird when you see a movie like that, like you're seeing something from Roman times and stuff and a guy's jumping around like a ninja. Yeah, you do tend to go, okay, where did he learn that? Like, and it's it's something why that is this it takes a little bit Roman of getting guy used doing to. Nijitsu. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, Justin. That's that's one of my complaints about 300. And I know 300 mm-hmm. is supposed to be an ultra stylized, you know, from the perspective of a a Greek storyteller. But those fuckers are fighting and just doing all kinds of shit that they wouldn't have done. <laughs> you get into that also with uh, the Taron Edgerton Robin Hood movie where they're doing that wanted style fucking arrow bending and shit and <laughs> spinnies yeah. and flips and all this other shit that in the in medieval time, I, honestly, like most of that shit would have gotten you killed. These people turn their backs on people way too much. In the medieval ages, they would have like, oh, his back stab. Like, you know. So, yeah, like, I appreciated the fight sequences in this because of it. Like I said, I just wish there was blood. I'm an American at this point. We, we're we used to violence. Uh, I did think the movie was a little slow at times, too. Not terribly so. Like, not terribly so, but there were times they dwelled on some things a little bit longer than I think they should have. And it it really kind of pads the runtime. And I'm not saying that they needed to make this movie a crisp 94 minutes. I get that some movies can't be that. And this movie, I think, is what, like two and a half hours? Something like that? A little under, yeah. 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 2.15, I think. Okay, so 2.15... Plus, you had the trailers and all that other shit. Yeah, it's like a two-hour and 45-minute ordeal. But I do think you maybe could have cut 10 minutes out of this and streamlined it a little bit and made it flow a little better. But I'm not really going to harp on this movie for that. You know, like I said, it's still... When I'm walking out of the theater, it's the third best movie I've seen this year. So while I am bringing up these points, I'm bringing them up just because they do color my my opinion of the movie a little bit. But I'm not trying to sit there and say the movie's bad because of it. Little things, you know, because like my score is probably just going to be like a, a touch lower than you guys because of it. You know what I mean? But still good score because it, it, it's, it's a fantastic movie. The acting is fantastic. I'm I'm so glad my boy John Boyega is doing some stuff. Yeah, he was. Yeah, great. he was good in it. Um, he was very good. I mean, Viola Davis, fantastic. Uh, Monica Rambeau, Lashana Lynch. Yeah, yeah, she was fantastic. Yeah, uh, just like you said, Justin, the other main character. I don't want to butcher her name either. Um, no, she's great. So many people in this movie were great. You know, and it was it was a, an overall very enjoyable movie watching experience. You know, 
And I think that in a different time period, if this was not 2022, let's just say this was like 2001, this movie would be right up there with a brave heart and a gladiator for those kind of historically influenced historical fiction movies. It'd be right up there with it. Unfortunately, it's not. And it, 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 it's, it goes back to what you guys were talking about with things you've other things you found out with it. And it, it does taint it a little bit. It does. Like when it boils down to it, if this was another time period, like I said, this was 20 years ago, man, we gave no fucks about that shit back then. Mm-hmm. Even back when Green Book was made, apparently, too. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So, so many only people, a few yeah, years ago. So many people gave zero fucks about historical accuracy with that movie. I mean, and it goes back to some of the things we've talked about. At least this movie wasn't a white savior movie with it. That is very true. I mean, at least yeah. with its historical inaccuracies, at least it wasn't a white savior movie like Hidden Figures mm. or The Help or Green Book. At least this movie had the, I don't know, the wherewithal to at least not go down that that route with its rewriting of history. But, and it really is, it really is a dilemma because it's like, it's like you guys said, do it. Does it stay my third best movie of the year? Yeah. Like on a, on a strictly movie making standpoint? Yeah, sure. Of course. Yep. On a cultural and realistic Historical. standpoint, does it? I don't know. The thing is, is it might actually be able to take a hit points wise and Still might actually be my third favorite movie of the year. Yeah. I don't it think it was really well made. I don't think I've liked that many movies this year, honestly. <laughs> this movie might be able to take a 15 point hit and still be my third favorite movie. <laughs> you know? Like, I'm really trying to think before this movie, what was my third favorite movie? I don't know. You know what? It might have been The Black Phone. That was not a bad movie. That was probably one of mine up there. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> Black Phone? Yes. I thought you liked that movie. It was fine. That's the problem. Oh, as to be like yeah. the third best. It's fucking <laughs> September. In a movie yeah. that I'm just like, it's fine. Is that my third favorite movie of the year? Fuck me. I honestly thought that was a good movie. Like, that's up there for me for this year. Yeah, you liked it infinitely more than I did, though. I mean, I'm not saying it was bad, but I'm just saying I was like, it's good. I think I gave it a low or a high 60s, low 70s. And it, you might be right, though, Heather. That might be my third favorite movie of the year. Fuck. <laughs> I know, I know we still have a lot of year when it comes to movies. There are mm-hmm. so many movies still coming out this year. But should a movie in the low 70s be my third favorite? Like I said, this movie might be able to take a 15-point hit and still be it. I mean, uh, a movie we... Well, there's the movie, a movie I watched that we did not do on the podcast. 
that actually might be my third favorite movie of the year, and that's The Atom Project. Yeah, that was a good one. I did really like that movie. I didn't see that one. Um, the yeah, Watcher. Good. The Watcher actually might. Ooh, the Watcher actually might be my third favorite movie of the year before this. The Watcher is that the that scary movie? Yes, that is pretty good. Actually, it's the movie that men Mike wanted to be. Yeah, but wasn't. That was a pretty good movie. Yeah, because it was very Hitchcockian, and that kind of always leads towards shit I like. Yeah, but I mean, oh man. Yeah, the Watcher was good. I'm really just trying. I'm look. I'm literally looking, like pulling up. Okay, no, it is not my third favorite movie of the year, and it wouldn't have been. It would be Nope. Can't believe we forgot about Nope. That's right. Nope would yeah. be my third favorite movie of the year right now. Mm, nope yeah. might be actually tied for second. Nope and Top yeah. Gun. Yeah, I can, I can put them together. I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know why yeah, that nope fell off my really radar. Good. Nope was dope. Yeah. Uh, there's a Scandinavian movie, The Hatching. That's up there. It's a very weird movie. Is technically That's the harder they fall this year? No, I thought that was last year. That was year, last year. Okay. Yeah, harder they fall was last year. Okay. I mean, shit. It must have been the end of last year. Outside of that, I mean, apparently, as weird as this may sound, because I was not as high on this movie as you guys were, but the unbearable weight of massive talents up there. Shit. Yeah. I forgot it's about been that a one. Very weird year for fucking movies. Right. Okay. Outside of all that, back to this movie. All right. So this movie would have been number four. Because yes, Nope is better than this movie. Um, so yeah, this would have been my fourth favorite movie of the year. So, ooh. Yeah, it still probably could take a hit and still be up there. Um, but yeah, it's just it's such a shame. This movie had to do what, like, what it'll be the first thing we talk about in spoilers. So it is what it is. Um, yeah, though, that really is a shame. Like, and the funny thing is, is kind of like you, Justin, where just like you, I wanted to read more, I wanted to find out more about this story and all these things. And all I had really done at this point before you brought up the other stuff today. Was I had found out that Viola Davis's character was more or less made up. I had found that out. I had researched that part of it, you know, and stuff like that. I hadn't gotten to this other stuff yet. And then you pointed it out and I'm like, son of a bitch. I'm not gonna lie. I'm glad that that's something you brought up before we got to this movie. Cause fuck me anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, you guys want to go recommendations scores? Yes. Yeah. Recommendations and score. Funny thing is, is I've been, I'm actually thinking about it. I'm like, there's not really too much to spoil with this movie. It's kind of, you know, your average movie. Anyway, uh, Justin, recommendation and score. Go. Yeah. Um, despite some of the things we'll get into later, I am still, I still do think it's a movie worth recommending. I think overall, like we have all said, it, it's a good film. It had great acting. And ultimately, the story is a satisfying one. I think that it's some it's a movie that people 
should go see and should enjoy. And it's great that movies like this are being made. Man, there's just so many like good things about why a movie like this should be made and why people should just go see it and everything like that. Um, it's just, man, and I just want to make that case and I just wish everything was okay. You know, like everything was okay, even the background of it and the the history of it and everything. So I could just be like, yes, go watch this movie. You know, especially in light with um, all the flack that the black Ariel is getting and all of that stuff. You know how you dispel that stuff? You go see black films. You just go see them. You just go watch them. You spend money on them. And, and not just black films. Films with people of color, films of different cultures, films that show a different perspective. Go spend money on those. That's how you deal with the with with a backlash like that. That's how you deal with the with the why do we have to have black character this or why do we have to do color character this? The the best way to dispel that stuff is to go watch movies like this and go support movies like this. Because then more of them will be made, more of them will be greenlit. And that is really how I think cinema and movies as a whole get better. So there are those reasons for why you should go see this movie. And then unfortunately, there's the other part of me, though, the critic in me, the cinema slayer in me that is like, but damn, man, like, I don't like when we sort of do this in Hollywood and we do this all the time. We sort of, we take something that, that, that has some historical relevance in fact, but we got to change it because of the audience or we got to change it because we feel that this makes for a better story or we have to change it because we feel that this is a better movie or whatever the reasons may be. And sometimes those changes are like, okay, they changed it slightly, but still they got the general idea across and I can forgive it. This is a little more egregious. So I can't forgive all of it. So with that being said, but I still do recommend it. It is a good film, but it can't, but I can't say it's a great film because of the controversy involved with it. Um, so with that being said, I'll quit rambling. Um, I was going to give it a 95. Um, and I was like, should I knock? I don't know. I I like what you said, Sterling, earlier about a 15 point knockoff. I think I can do that. So that would land this at an 80, which I think is high enough to respect how good the film was. but. I'm not giving it an A for the historical reasons and implications. So we'll just go with that. So I'm just going to go with, um, we'll go with 80. um, Awkward conversations in the bathing pool that seem to happen all the time out of a hundred. Uh, Heather, what about you? Yeah, and real quick, though, I do want to say that um, somebody that I hadn't mentioned specifically yet in this was um, Sheila Atim in this, who plays sort of 
uh, Viola Davis's like right hand person. I think she was phenomenal in this as well. I loved everything that she did. She was excellent. And I would, I just couldn't think of her name in the moment, but yeah, I, I want to also recognize her because I think she did such a fantastic job. I loved her character. I loved everything that she did with her character and how she just played off of Viola Davis's character so well. Um, so I just wanted to mention her as well. She deserves some, some credit for her role as well. Um, yeah, I'm again, similar to you guys, like it, it's such a well-made movie and it's so well acted and it's just, while it is, I agree with you, Sterling, that it is a very, like, it's a standard movie in that sense. Um, but it's, it's a unique story. It's got some unique elements to it that I haven't really necessarily seen in other movies before. And I think it, uh, the idea of this movie about this, this group of women who are just these fierce, crazy, awesome warriors is like the greatest thing to see. And I was so excited about this movie and taking it at face value. It was exactly what I would want it to be. You know, it was so great, uh, which is what makes it so upsetting that, you know, there's things behind it that make it less good now. But um, it's it's got, I think, some of the most fun action that I've seen in a movie in a while I loved the the choreography of the of the action and the the moves that they were doing to like win and just all of the the action sequences with the warriors were so good like they were just fun they were entertaining like it wanted I just wanted to be like yes that was an amazing badass move that's so cool and just obviously you could tell the work that they put into like doing these moves but I just, I just think the action and yeah, just the fight scenes between them were so great. Um, and yeah, just the storyline and just some of the character growth that you see in most of the characters, most of the main characters have some level of growth in them that is really, um, endearing in a way. Um, and they, they grow in the ways that they need to. And it's really cool to see that progression throughout the movie. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I do think it's, it's worth a watch. Like I, I do, but I think now you have to kind of take it with a, with a, you know, grain of salt and just say, okay, <laughs> realizing that this is not the necessarily accurate portrayal of this, of this, um, you know, actual tribe of women. Um, but yeah, I think it's just such a good movie and that's what makes it so difficult to like not want to keep the score that I wanted to give it, which I wanted to give it, um, a 93. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to knock it down as well, but I, I think I'm also going to knock it down to an 80. Um, I, I think it's worth an 80. So, uh, now you know what though? The 15 point rule makes sense. So 78, I'll give it a 78. Um, 78, sharpening your nails to use as a weapon to stab people in the neck out of 100. Yeah, I'm conflicted. Super good, but super unfortunate. Uh, I'll be quick with it. I... 
Oh, no, I guess, yeah, let's do 15 points. Why the fuck not? 75. Uh, 75 completely irrational and unexplainable bits of a shark tooth out of 100. Uh, Spoilers? Yep. Yes. Oh, shit. I wanted to do something new on this one. We'll do it on the next podcast because I didn't even talk to you guys about it yet. Anyway, um, so with this, uh, so controversy behind this movie. And the article I read about it, I hate the phrasing they used with it, even though technically it is accurate. It's not accurate in the colloquial way that we use this term now when it comes to Hollywood and especially movies. But unfortunately the woman King kind of whitewashes the history of the tribe. And like I said, it's not the colloquial way that we use whitewash nowadays when we're talking about Hollywood movies in more or less saying that they turn characters white, but in the traditional sense of what actually whitewashing means is to give it a, cleaner image than what it was. You know, you're just like throwing a white coat of paint on something to make it look new. Like it's mainly about fences. You throw a white coat of paint on fences to make them look like a new fence. Um, and that's kind of what they do with this. Cause like at the end of this movie, they're like, yep, we've stopped participating in the slave trade. In fact, we burned down a slaving village and look at us. We, we care more about, Africa than we do just even our own tribe specifically and we're great for it. None of that is remotely true. This specific tribe, the uh, Dahomey? Isn't that right? Yeah. Dahomey, I think? Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, They did slave trading for a good 30 years after this movie took place. So much so that even the British were like, hey, you need to stop. You just need to stop slave trading. And if the British is telling you to quit doing terrible colonialistic slave shit, you fucked up. Like, I know the British were trying to be self-righteous at that point because, yeah, they stopped participating in the slave trade. Whatever. Like, they're still on their colonial bullshit, you know? And, yeah, even they were going, like, guys, seriously, stop trading slaves. Like, just stop at this point. Like, you're you're doing it too much. You know, that type of shit. And, like, parts of this movie are accurate. This king, this the, the king was a real king. And at one point, he did think about... Uh, just selling palm oil instead. But apparently the whole thing was is they didn't make as much money doing that, so they went right back to trading their enemy captives as slaves. Just right back to it. Like I said, for another 30 years. And that is one of the weirdest and also kind of more disgusting things to try to get rid of in this movie. 
And I think you could have kept so much of this movie and not had that be a part of your plot. You know what I mean? You don't want to just, I understand you don't want to highlight that as a positive thing or just something that they did and weren't ever going to change. Because then you're giving validation to so many people that are like pro-Confederacy and pro-slavery must have not been that bad people because they are they look for any excuse to be like well see they always said in history classes that you know black people sold their own people into slavery you know white people wouldn't have been buying them if black people didn't do it and that is a grossly inaccurate way of looking at the historical context of the slave trade you know it's gross and irresponsible to to try to boil it down to that but that's what they do and if you had kind of not necessarily glorified it in this movie, but if you were just like, yep, that's what they did for the whole movie and just never like shown that people might have considered it a bad thing, you would give those people credence. So I understand you don't want to go down the route that might have been 100% historically accurate because you justify people that are shitty. I get that. But at the same time, you could have highlighted it in ways of, you know, maybe don't make it to where they're like, yes, we want to end the slave trade for all of Africa in this movie. Like that this tribe wants to do that. This kingdom wants to end slavery for all Africans. When in all historical truth, they just loved it for 30 more years. Yeah. You could have and at it's least that foot in, foot out approach yeah. that they took with the movie where they had it in here. You know, the characters are acknowledging we're a part of the slave trade and everything like that. And we're a part of this vicious cycle. So on one end, it acknowledged it. It didn't hide it completely or I'd really just be mad at this point. But it had it in the movie, but that foot in, foot out approach, if there was just some way that they could have at least at the end made it like, okay, they didn't end slavery here, but maybe in text, in something that we could read or something like that, you say, well, they decided to continue and this is ultimately was their fate. They were colonized and everything like that. And unfortunately, this cycle did not end there, but but there's still the positive we can take about who these women were, how strong they were, how influential they were. But we can't forget about the fact that we just the, the cycle didn't end there. You know, if there was some sort of way to wrap it up where you could say that ultimately this was their fate because of holding on to slavery or something like that. And maybe come around to the idea that, damn, man, even though they were doing it, all slavery is bad. Like, it didn't benefit them ultimately either. Like, I, I wish the movie had said that or found a way to kind of say that and keep to some of the historical accuracy. But it just chooses not to. It just says, nah, we'll acknowledge it a little bit, but... No, we're these people. We want these people to be heroes. So we're going to do it this way. And that really sucks. Well, I think one of the things they could have done 
to keep a lot of the things that they had in this movie, like them burning down the the slave uh, post and all these things, narrow your perspective a little bit in the movie. Instead of going, we're going to end slave trade for all Africa, and especially our tribes no longer are going to participate in it, all that shit. Have them attack the slave town, just like they did at the end of the movie, to free their own people that were going to be mm. in the slave trade. Yeah. You know what I mean? Narrow it to that. You know, narrow it to this other tribe wants to enslave all of us. And we don't want that. They've captured some of our people and they're going to sell them into slavery. And we don't want that for our people. You could narrow it a little bit and keep a lot of the the scenes that we had in the movie. And some that were historically accurate. This kingdom did go to war with that other kingdom over some of this stuff. That is true. You know, you could have kept those points, but just narrowed down the end scene to not be, we're ending slavery for Africa. Yeah. You know, do that to where you're not 100% historically accurate like these movies are. You know, these historically fiction, these historical fiction movies, you know, you're, you're making up new characters and all these things. So there's going to be liberties. You can narrow it down though. You know what I mean? And not go out and do a bold faced fucking lie at the end of the movie with it. You know, because the most egregious scene in this movie now is John Boyega's monologue at the end of the fucking movie where he's like, yep, we're done with this shit. Which was so good. Yes. I know. It's a fucking so good and meaningful and everything, but it just didn't happen at all. It's not even that it didn't happen at all. The exact opposite happened. Yeah. The opposite happened. If if it just didn't happen at all. Okay. But it's the exact opposite. That's the problem. Because it's not that they went, all right, we're going to stop slavery. Oh, that didn't work out. And then they just kind of did some slavery for a little while. They went, not this palm oil shit didn't work. We're doubling down on slavery for just so long. You know, I feel like it's almost like, they went to try to make up for that little bit of time. They didn't do some slavery. They wanted to make up for that like 20 fold. Cause like I said, they went so long with it that the rest of the world had more or less stopped slave trades at this point. And they were still going, nah, we're going to slave. And, and that's the insulting thing is like, you have that, And that's what makes it so bad is John Boyega acted his ass off in that scene. It is so good. It's a very well-written scene. It's an impeccably acted scene. It's utterly fantastic. And it's just the exact opposite of it is the truth. And you're just like, fuck. It is so deflating. And I just, like I said, if you had narrowed your focus with it, 
maybe it wouldn't have rang. It wouldn't have ended up ringing so hollow. And that's kind of the problem is this movie. When you first watch it and you don't know this shit, it's inspirational. And then when you learn the truth, which and you, and you want to learn the truth because this movie's so good. That's the fucking downfall of it all. This movie's so fucking good. You want to learn more about it. You want to know more. You because you're just so enthralled with what you just saw that it, it makes you want to learn more. And then you learn the truth, and you're like, it's all a fucking lie. Yeah, it's so. So deflating. now it's got an asterisk next to it. Yeah. And it's deflating. Like, yeah, it would be different if it was like they preface this movie at the beginning saying like, this is what we wish would have happened. <laughs> but that's not at all what they did with it. So as as kind of weird as that would be, because no movie's ever done that. Right. I, I almost wish they would have. Yeah. And it's not that we've seen other movies and we've seen other movies sort of like mess with history a little bit or change it to what the director or what they thought would be a better ending for the characters, et cetera, et cetera. We've seen this constantly where they'll take historical figures and they would just totally change what actually happened in history. And if you acknowledge it, if you say, okay, you know, this is my vision or this is um, a reimagining of these people or something like that or something like that, then then maybe it's a little better. But the movie just kind of plays like, yeah, this is based on some true. It, it does the whole thing that we talk about that we don't like, where it goes based on true events and. You know, but really, when you delve into those true events, it's like, well, damn, man, hardly none of this really happened this way. Damn. So you made Mm -hmm. a hella. But 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 it coins itself as, oh, it's based on this amazing truth, this inspiring true story. It's not an inspiring true story. This story is this fabricated story is inspiring. The true story is not. You know, so that just, that really sucks. Like, what was the Quentin Tarantino movie with Brad Pitt? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think that that's a good example where he took those murders and Manson and all of that stuff that happened. And he took those murders and in the movie, it all happens a different way. You know, we've got these, I think that's a kind of a good comparison. We got these made up characters, you know, the, the, the Brad Pitt character and all of this kind of stuff. And so, and then what we did was we sort of changed what happened with the murders of those people and everything like that. We sort of change it in the movie. And in that movie, I was cool with it because Quentin Tarantino wasn't trying to act like this shit really happened, you know? Right. He straight up was like, this is what I, this is my uh, reimagining of the story. This is what I wish would have happened. Or this is something that I would have hoped happened for those people. I wish that there were some people there 
that could have killed those guys and the, and on those actors and, and those people and that actress did not die. You know, this doesn't really do that at all, really. Yeah, because, I mean, we are used to movies doing that. Braveheart glorifies William Wallace. William Wallace is nothing like in the movie Braveheart. Fuck. Yep. One of the most iconic scenes in, in, in Braveheart is whenever the, the Scotsmen all lift up their kilts to the English army, like as a big fuck you to them. Uh, kilt hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> Little things like that. But, you know, we're, we're used to it. Uh, Gladiator. Commodus. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character. Wasn't really anything like that. I mean, he serves his place in the movie because he did love the gladiator pits. He brought back the gladiator fights, you know, which also is glorified in a different way than what they are. Weirdly enough, and Justin should appreciate this, uh, the Roman gladiator pits weren't really just like ultimate fights to the death. They were actually old school Roman versions of professional wrestling. Professional wrestling. Yep. It was scripted. I read about that a few years yeah. ago. It was yep. it was scripted. You were you know you were really trying to hurt each other. They were just you know they would make big superstars out of people and shit. You know like it wasn't anything like everybody made it sound. You know what I mean? It's way different than what we've had portrayed in Hollywood. Just to go back to what you were talking about, Justin, we're used to Hollywood making shit up. The problem is, is it's twenty twenty two. Don't just stop. Just stop it. Like, you know, I, you, you brought up once upon a time in Hollywood. I mean, I didn't like that. It did what it did. You did. That's fine. But I mean, we talked about that on that episode. I didn't like it. You know, I had issues with it, but I'm also not going to like really hate it because that's a very open and unapologetic re imagining of things very open that that's what that movie was doing you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so they're not trying to lie to us as an audience which that's fair okay at least they did that they're not lying about it they're not trying to sugarcoat anything they're just saying hey what if this shit happened instead okay that's fair you know yeah nobody was walking out of there like uh that's not what happened like nobody was walking out doing that yeah you know, so like if the, if that's what you're going to do, okay, that's fine. Do that. I mean, it's weird to me that you just want to change little things like that. But, you know, if that's your prerogative as a filmmaker, whatever, do it. Fine. Who cares? But these big historical things. I don't know why Hollywood just, I don't know, still does it. Like it's. You know, the year 2000, okay, whatever. The internet's barely a thing back then. I can access like a billion times more internet inside the theater from my phone than I could from my home computer back then. You know what I mean? Like, why are we doing this shit still? You know, when other, especially when other things have done shit better than you with this. I mean... Take something like uh, The Watchmen or Lovecraft Country, where they talk about, you know, 
the Tulsa massacre and stuff like that. Or like the riots in Chicago and all this other stuff. They do the same thing where they make you curious about the shit and you go and you learn about it. And then you realize, oh, they just didn't make up the shit. That's great. Glad they didn't do that. You can do that with this too. You And like, especially because like the character they made up, I mean, technically they made up several characters, but like the main character they made up with Viola Davis, like, okay, that's fine. Nobody's mad at you for that. Nobody's mad at you for making up this character. It's the fact that you made up history just to cover up shit you, you know, that, you know, I guess they felt like it would take away from the message of the movie. Okay, then write a different movie. You know, you're already making shit up. Make some more shit up then. Don't tie it directly into fucking history. Into real world shit then. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many things you can do with that shit. And especially when you're talking about slavery, that's such a serious thing and what happened to people and so many people died and stuff like that. So it feels incredibly just short-sighted. Tone deaf. Tone deaf. Wrong, I guess you could say, if you want to use a simpler term to sort of paint these people as these heroes that wanted to get rid of slavery in their culture when really there we we know for a fact that there were all these people that they tortured that they that they were complicit in helping to be tortured stalked put on those boats killed everything like that and these people were complicit in it too you know and that just sucks. I get that you saw these people and you're like, what? There was an all female like army. There were these women and they protected this kingdom. And that is in, and, it, and this all happened in 1823. That's amazing. That is an amazing sort of inspiring type of thing to know that such that 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 these agoji women existed, but you also got to acknowledge the, uh, the the ugly side too. You can't like sugarcoat and tiptoe around it and then just completely change it. You know what I mean? I get that the director, and I think that the director and even Viola Davis sort of spoke on that in interviews and about how the the like the difficulty getting this screen lit. And how they felt that we had to take some sort of liberties because without those liberties, people wouldn't come see it. People wouldn't appreciate this and stuff like that. But I don't feel that that's true either. You don't have to just change it or lie to people to get them to come see the movie. That That is a mentality in Hollywood that needs to change for any story, for any story. And that yeah. is that Hollywood, we got to do it this way or it can't get made mentality. And that may not be the, 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 the actor or the director's fault, like in a bubble. It's, it's this culture that has created that pressure. But to continue to be complicit in it is a problem. And saying that, look, we did it this way because we had to, we had no other choice. 
nah, man, we got to make the other choice. Even if we got to do it the hard way, even if you got to green lit it or your own money or resources or find somebody else to help you green light it or do it on a streaming service because they were willing to play it and tell the story like it was. Whatever that has to be, we need to do that instead of always doing this. This is the, 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 what we resort to in Hollywood that needs to change. I mean, I, yeah. I completely agree with you, Justin. And I mean, I'm also looking at you, Elvis, the movie. Yep. There you go. Um, or Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, God. Movie's so oh. bad. Um, anyway. But you know what? I mean, honestly, if they really wanted to do this and really wanted to highlight some of the things you talked about, Justin, okay, why don't you make it a quote-unquote entirely fictional story with these women warriors and all this other stuff? And when people go, man, why'd you want to do that? Didn't bring up like, oh, well, you know, we had the the, the history with the, the, the Agoji warriors. You know, they really kind of inspired us. We wanted to do something like that. But they have a very complicated history, and we wanted to just you know, make a movie that kind of highlighted their positive things, but we didn't want to, you know, have to reconcile that with also the bad sides of that, that kingdom. So that would have been perfect. We use the inspirational parts to create a fictional kingdom with these fictional warriors to highlight the things that we appreciated. There you go. The outcome that we hoped would have been. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That would have been perfect. Like that. And that, Again, I think would pique the interest of people to say, "Oh, who are the Agoje Warriors?" Interesting. Yeah, yeah. you know. So you- and essentially, what that is, what Black Panther is. Those female yes. warriors are, in were also, I think, a lot of that. The look of them, how they fight, and everything like that. Some of the inspiration is drawn from this. But they were like, "We're just going to make up our own characters, kind of loosely based on them." But the, but we're not going to touch on that problematic stuff. It, that's way too problematic. And they're a part of kind of the slave trade. So, but we can still pay homage to them, but do a completely different story. And, and essentially, that's what Black Panther is. Those women warriors, those African women warriors, and they're badass and they can fight and they protect the the Wakandan kingdom and stuff like that. It kind of is them. You know, it reminds me a lot of them without all the other shit. And you're right, Sterling. I think you could have done something like that, you know, just fictionalize all of it. And you openly acknowledge the positives and the negatives with it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't try to just fucking hide it. Yeah. Because that's the thing is in the end, I feel lied to. And that's hard to reconcile, reconcile with it. You know, I feel like they went out of their way to lie to me about it. You know? And that really just sucks. I would have rather them just been like, you know, they could have even done like they, you know, like Heather was saying at the beginning of the movie, just like, you know, the Agoji Warriors were these really awesome woman royal guard for this king. And, you know, this movie was inspired by them and just say that and then do a completely fictional country with all that shit and all this other stuff. And then, like I said, when you're doing interviews, instead of having to defend your choice to cover up the slavery part of it, you can just say, 
we wanted to make a movie about them, but we could not figure out a way to to reconcile the slavery part of it with the type of movie we wanted to make. So instead, we created a fictionalized world. Bam, problem solved. Especially, like I said, yeah. when your main character's fucking fake anyway. Exactly. You know? So just say that's what it is. Or you go the other way. And I think another thing that was said by one of them, I think the director was that, you know, it's not a documentary. That's not what we were out to make. You know, if you want all the facts and things like that, that this is not a documentary, you know, that's not what we set out to make. But the way that the previews went and what they were and and kind of the way it's advertised, it is sort of advertised like, oh, this is a fascinating true story. Come see this true story about these women warriors doing all this, these African women warriors doing all this awesomeness. So if you have to, and if you're going to do the fictionalized account this way, where you sort of minimize the fact that they were slave traders and everything like that, then maybe the 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 other way was the 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 documentary biopic way presented as it was, you know. Because the problem is, is you know what it says on the poster? Inspired by true events. And that that whole cop out of we weren't making a documentary. I'm sorry, that's a cop out. Yeah, that's what it felt like when I read it. That's what that is. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. Because this director obviously knows what the fuck they're doing when it comes to making movies. Like, that's what sucks. You're not incompetent. You are very good at making movies. You made a damn good movie. And you want to come at me with that shit? Come on. If I'm remembering right, I think it was the producer who said that. Um, I mean, that doesn't make it better, but I just remember that because the one of the producers was uh, Viola Davis's husband. Um, and I remember seeing some quote that he said about uh, we didn't want to make a documentary because, um, you know, we wanted to entertain people or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We wanted to entertain. So. <laughs> didn't I mean, make a documentary. It doesn't change everything you said is totally still true. But yeah, I I just it it is a cop out and it, it just it could have been the exact same story they did and just made it a fictional um tribe and group of people and land even. Like it it, it could have been the exact same story come out the same way and nobody would have been mad about it. So yeah. yeah, that would have been a way better option for the story they were trying to tell with it. Yeah. I didn't realize this is the same director of love and basketball. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't Which know that is a very good movie. Yeah. Um, also directed to me, a very underrated MCU show that nobody talks about uh, with cloak and dagger. Super good show. I mean, don't get me wrong. I need to watch that. It skews a little on the young side because it was on like Freeform, you know, ABC Family. Yeah. It was on that. But dude, they did a super good job of tackling the dynamic of that was Cloak and Dagger, which are two of my my 
very like I beloved characters of mine. I love their stories. I love their dynamics. I love the history of them. You know, they're just, they are D-list characters, but they're probably my favorite of the D-list characters. You know, they were my second favorite kind of characters because for a while, Moon Knight was very D-list. So Moon Knight was my favorite of the D-listers. But no, she also uh, directed some episodes of Cloak and Dagger. Like I said, super good show though. Um, It's just, like, you know, and I get all that. That's all fair. And you know what? And maybe the thing that sucks about this is maybe that, this movie is kind of getting unfairly treated because you know how many movies like have come before this that have done the exact same things this fucking movie's done and all this other stuff. It's just to me, the problem is, is it's 2022. Yeah. And I mean, but, but unfortunately though, that's the, the, the other side of this is, is the controversy surrounding this movie weirdly is way more than there was for fucking Elvis. Elvis should have just as much, if not more, controversy behind it. Yeah, and I haven't heard anybody talking about that controversy at all. That's true. Um, And I do think it kind of like sort of to a point that we all made earlier, if this movie had been made even just a few years before now, this wouldn't have been a thing. And I guess in that regard, I think it's kind of a cool thing that it is something people care about now. It is something people are looking at now and they do want these real stories. They do want to know the the truth about these things. So I think in that way, it's, it's cool in a sense that people care enough to be upset about this now. Yeah, it is. But I mean, and you know what? And sadly, the thing is, is what might be playing into this though is weirdly enough. It is, you could almost argue is in a way a lot uh, like a form of racism. Just for the sheer fact that, you know, a movie about a white character by a white director, you know, when it comes to Elvis, people aren't fucking as harsh about or harsh about with this stuff as they are uh, to what is an inherently a black movie with a black director, you know? And I think, and part of it is a weird double standard that, you know, we're kind of used to white people lying about this shit. So. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So why can't, yeah. And that's the, and that's what makes it so hard. And that's why I'm so torn because I do understand from a cultural perspective, why you would want this to be inspiring, why you would want these women to be showcased as powerful, why you don't want, I could understand all of the reasons why you would not want to, you would want to do this story and not completely tell the truth and try to say, hey, look, slavery is bad. And they ultimately in this story decide that they need to move away from that. All of that, it totally checks all the boxes for, I understand like why the movie, why they felt like it needed to be that way. And it sucks that we we are talking about this because you know, that there are certain people, racist people, that are going to be like, oh, this is a reason to not go watch the film. This is this is a bad film because it does these things. And you're right, Sterling, there is definitely disparate treatment when it comes to that for black films and white films. So, you know, a black film anyway is going to already, any you know, in films with minorities and stuff, it's already going to be under those scrutinies. And it just sucks that this, like, 
I just wish it had none of that. I just wish I could just say, watch it. It's powerful, inspiring, everything. This movie is everything. Just go watch it. And that be it. And it sucks that it's not, you know. And there are Forever people that are going to piggyback off of that and say, oh, it's a bad movie or it's not worth your time. And it's not at probably going to be re- held in the same regard as something as a Braveheart or something like that when really those movies are guilty of this too. Yeah. Like. And this this should be. It's. This should be on the same level as a Braveheart and a Gladiator. And to me it is. To me it is yeah. in the exact same tier as those movies. Because yeah. that's I actually where it think it's a better movie than Braveheart to be honest. Braveheart was a little too long for me. But yeah. 100% <laughs> fair Heather. But Braveheart, Gladiator, this, they're all the same type of movie. They're all very well made. They're very well acted. They're very good movies, you know, that also lie their fucking asses off. Every single one of them. Mm-hmm. And this movie's there. And, and Justin, I, I do think you're being uh, a little unfair with the racist. Justin, the racists weren't going to see this movie anyway. Let's be a little real with that. The racists were going to see it. I mean, you're giving but them way too much But they will back on the controversy and then try to act like, oh, see, that's, that's why fair. I'm not seeing it. Because yeah. these people are boycotting yeah. and look at this bad press. So I'm not going to see it. It's not worth my time. And act like they're doing something righteous. When really, you're totally right. You weren't going to see this movie anyway. But they always love to add fuel to that fire. You and, know, and that's fair, Justin. That is a fair point of view with it. You know, that that th- that will be their excuse. Not that it's a black people movie. Yeah, yeah. I hate that they could do that. And the, and the sad thing is, is it's like you said. There's no difference between that than the the Elvis movie they probably saw five times. Yep. Yep. Love the fuck out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know what? I'll say this. The, at least with the credit with this movie, we saw this movie. Yeah. There's a true. reason why there will never be an Elvis movie. As long as I'm fucking alive and on this podcast. I mean, I actually, I say that I did say you guys could do it if you wanted to. That was, or if they told the, the true story, yes. you would be, in. I also said if they told 100% <laughs> the true story that, you know, not that he just, and that's the thing is they didn't even tell this movie was like, I saw, I read some stuff and they were like giving it credit. Cause they were like, Oh yeah, they acknowledged that he took music from black people. But then whenever, like from what I've heard from the movie is it's not that they actually acknowledge it. It was that, Oh, he just grew up around so many black people that, you know, to him, it was just the same thing. Wow. No what? fucker stole shit. Get it right. But then on top of that, then they leave out that, Oh, he was a child predator. Ugh. Now, like you said, Heather, if they tell that story, I'll watch it. Actually, I don't know if I'd still want to watch it. I don't necessarily want to watch a movie about a child predator, but I do want to watch a movie that tells the truth about Supports Elvis. telling the truth. Because fuck that man. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'll give this movie that much credit. At least, yeah, we're doing an episode on it. Uh, but I, 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 and that's a fair criticism, though. I mean, that it's a fair criticism that we might have also played into with everything we just said and maybe even discounting the points on it. 
You know, I mean, I think looking back on it though, at least from today's lens, I'm, I'm doing the same thing, at least in my own head when it comes to gladiator, I'm doing the same thing to Braveheart. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to keep those movies like saying those are God tier movies, but now that this one, just cause it was made in 22 or 2022 now needs to, it, it has scrutiny. Those movies don't deserve it. No, they 100% deserve just as much scrutiny. Yeah. I have to talk about this the way I talk about those. They're not accurate at all, but man, it was a good, you know, I, I enjoyed the movie. It was a good movie, but it's not accurate at all. Yeah. Like, you, you know, know, and, and as far as being like, you know, of people that want things to progress, I'm not saying progressive people, but like, you know, you want the industry to move forward. You want think society to progress further. You want all these things. And unfortunately that to me also at times can put a burden on minorities just for the sheer fact that it's like you want them to act better and or different from white people and the bullshit that's happened for so long. You know, like, like I said, you're used to white people lying to you in movies all the time, but it's like, you don't want black people to do it too. Like that's, that's also unfair. It is, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that, Unfortunately, I think I think it's what they lied about that kind of makes it a little bit tough to reconcile with. Because slavery is one is a big issue that's kind of in a lot of ways changed some paradigms in this country. You know, who used to be like universal inspirational figures in America, the founding fathers. So many people mm-hmm. now are fuck the founding fathers. Because why they own slaves. They didn't count slaves as people. There's so many problematic things with them. They were 100% accurate 20 years ago, 200 years ago, a year ago. You know what I mean? They were all, the the history technically never changed. It's now what we're willing to do with the knowledge we have and what we're willing to accept as people that we actually admire or look, you know, look up to. So, yeah, there's a big chunk of people nowadays that are fucked the founding fathers. You know, shit, how many years has it been Columbus Day in this fucking country? And now that's changing. Why? Because Columbus was a terrible genocidal slave trading piece of shit. And that's the thing is we're having a huge shift in this country, especially with younger people. When it comes to idolizing historical figures, especially when it comes to their ties to the institution of slavery. And then you, in the middle of of people doing that, that shift in this country, you're dropping a movie that does kind of the same thing that just glosses over a culture and a people's connection to the slave trade. And that's one of the few things that we are even less forgiving with in 2022. And I think that that's why it's a little bit slightly justified, at least, it, 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 at least on some level, on the, even if it is just the slightest, it's fair to criticize this movie with that. Regardless of anything, it's fair to criticize that it's trying to gloss over slavery. When there's such a, a, a focused, direct, 
correlation to our cultures change changing in regards to our country's history with slavery. Like that's yeah. one of the one topics you can't try to gloss over in 2022 when it comes to this shit. And it's just hella weird because on one end, the message of the movie was that slavery is bad, that slavery is this bad thing that, and that's why this movie is so kind of in its own way, kind of crazy because the message of the film is that slavery is bad. That is one of the messages that it's bad and we can't uh, be complicit in this vicious cycle. We need to break the cycle and this is not right for us to enslave our people. This is not right to allow our people to be a part of this slave trade. The movie totally says that. And part of the message is that. So it's weird because it's there, but the way it, but it's the execution of it is the problem. It's like, it is there. The right message is there. But the way we went about getting that message was fabricating the facts. So it's this weird thing because there there are going to be other people that argue, well, it had the right message about slavery. So does it really matter that they that they chose to do it this way if the finish line, if the message was the right one and I just, but still, I don't like playing with people's lives. I don't like, people lost their lives, man. People got tortured. People got done bad. It just, it just, it feels wrong to not acknowledge that or to acknowledge the perpetrators in this case as they stopped being complicit when really they weren't. It just, it's just something about that. And that's like, and that's weirdly enough, it kind of ties into something like one of my criticisms with the movie uh, Lincoln was the fact that the movie Lincoln kind of makes it seem that, you know, that Abraham Lincoln was truly like anti-slavery and he cared about the freedom of the people. That motherfucker didn't really give that many shits about it. It was a strategic thing to fucking hurt the South. Like, let's be real with what it was. Don't get me wrong. The guy gets kudos because he did it. I mean, he did do it. You get that benefit. You still did it. But don't do it because he's like, you know, I really hate slavery and it just needs to end now. No, it's not what Lincoln was about. Don't sit there and like, let's quit spoon feeding that bullshit to people. Like you can tell the truth, you know, you can say that, you know, he was still, he was still racist to black people. I mean, that's the funny thing about it too. So many movies and things like that try to act like people in the North during the civil war were like, not racist. No, that no, they're still racist as fuck. They just didn't think that people should own people. Which is like, you know, yes, is a step up. It's still it's, Correct. it's still better than <laughs> yeah. going, we need to own people. But they were still terrible. 
there's a reason why it still took a hundred years for black people to theoretically start getting the same rights as white people. It was still a hundred yeah. more years. And it wasn't just because of the South. It's not like, you know, black people were just all prosperous and equal all across the North in 1920. No. Nope. Not Chicago at all. is historically one of the most redlined fucking cities that has ever existed. So much so that there are still hard ramifications for how hard that city was redlined. The city in a lot of ways is still incredibly segregated just because of how fucking hard they redlined that city. That 60 years later, people still haven't been able to truly break down the boundaries of it. Like, they were so effective with their racism in the city of Chicago that 60 years later, with policies designed to destroy it, it's still relatively prevalent just in housing because of it. And what, what does everybody consider Chicago nowadays? Big, you know, big fucking, uh, you know, liberal fucking city. You know what I mean? Like, it's considered like what these liberal meccas, and it's still institutionally fucked because of how good they were at racism back in the day. You know, and so it's, 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 and you can, you can openly critique these things. And that's why I'm like saying about Lincoln, like, I hate that they fucking try to cover that shit up like that. No, you can say the truth. You could say that he just wanted to fuck the South over, but you know, you could also say that, yeah, but he still ended slavery. That's still a positive thing. Nobody's going to go, well, him ending slavery is a bad thing because he, you know, just did it to fuck the South. Ultimately, he freed him, though. You know what I mean? Like, that's still a good thing that he freed slaves. That's still a positive. Even if he was a fairly shitty person still with other views. He still did that positive thing historically in our country. And you can acknowledge that positive thing. And you can also acknowledge all the shitty things. Kind of like you can acknowledge that Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence. That's an incredibly positive thing in our country's history. You can also acknowledge that he was a piece of shit slave owner that raped his slaves. You can do both. And I think this movie, if it really wanted to do some of the stuff, it could have done both. Or, like I said, completely make everything up. Because, like I, I said, because to me, that's the weirdest thing. Your main character, the woman king, the namesake of the movie, is a fictional character. Yeah. Then just fictionalize the whole damn thing. You know? Like, I think, to me, that's the weirdest choice about it. Is it's, your main character is 100% fake. Yeah. And mixing it all, juxtaposing all of it together just feels, it feels like misdirection. And it just sucks because we spent so much time talking about this than like the story and elements and stuff like that. And it sucks because... This just, but it, this has to be talked about. 
you know, it, it can't be stated how important it is to talk about this. And it just sucks because I wish we had just spent this time just discussing the film, you know, and, and, and the story that they came up with. And like, if it was just a purely fictionalized account, it maybe we could have done that. We would have done that, you know, but it just sucks that it tried to like have its cake and eat it too. It tried to like stand for everything and say positive African stuff. And look, it, it slavery is bad and everything like that. It tried to have all of that with people who really just weren't about that. And I just, you it's can't do that. Yeah. And it, and it just adds insult to injury. Cause man, everybody was so good at acting like they didn't like slavery. Everybody was so good at it. I know. I mean, John, dude, if, if like I, we hadn't found out the truth and you just asked me on the street, I would have totally said 100% that I believe that John Boyega's character ended slavery. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause he did. That was, it was inspirational as fuck. Yeah. And the back and forth with him, even though he was the king just the back and forth with him of should I do this or not? And the pressure to do it and everything like that, you know, a lot of that was there, like showing the pressure of him and what he was leaning back and forth. And then him wanting, seeing the value of doing, of, of going away from the slave trade, but then feeling like, man, but, but we, I, we, we need this wealth, you know, our kingdom needs this to, continue to be a sustainable kingdom. You saw both how the king was being tugged in different directions and him looking at Viola's character and being like, okay, show me a different way. If there is a different way, if we can use this oil resource, then show me that. I want to see that. I want to see it done. You know what I mean? Like you did get the sense that he was being pulled two different directions and all of that kind of stuff. And you felt for him. And then you find out that fool could care less. Like he just was, it was just about what maybe the, the most wealthy, you know, even if it had ended with them trying going, Oh yeah, we're going to do this. And then in text, they said, well, in actuality, They did try this for a while, but it didn't quite work out. And they went back to slavery. And and ultimately, that was the downfall of the society. But that would have been a hell of a downer. See, I get why they didn't do this. But man, like, like I think what you said is right, Sterling. And I'll quit repeating myself and stuff. But I think what you said is right. If you had just fictionalized this, it gets rid of all the problems. Fictionalize all of it. Not some, but yeah. all. Because you could argue that 50% of it's automatically made up with your main character just being fake. I mean, you're yeah. 50% there. You know, yeah. your title character's fake. I mean, I, w- I do want to talk, because like you said, Jess, unfortunately, we barely talked about any of the specific things with the movie at this point when it comes to spoilers. I do want to talk about a few, couple of things with that, though. I Like I said in my, my score... That shark tooth scene was very weird. Because I don't think it would have stayed in her arm that long. Like the body has I things to stop it. Too. 
Like you would have gotten an infection and it would have popped it out. Like that's mm-hmm. what the body does. Yeah. But she just had a secret shark tooth in her. I like, thought the same thing. She put that shit in her like it was like a family heirloom. Like, I'm giving you up, but you're still my daughter. This was my grandmother's. Right. You still get it. You know how they do that shit in movies when, like, they give up their baby for adoption, but they give her, like, a family necklace. And then mm-hmm. years later, they're like, where'd you get the necklace from? And they were like, they found it with me at a baby at the orphanage. <laughs> they did that, but with a shark tooth in the girl's arm. It would have worked fine if it was even just the scar, except I guess they would have been like, oh, but how can you prove it's the same thing? But I think it would have been still as effective if it was just like, that's a scar from what I did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or what if she just specifically made a scar on her and not like put a tooth in her, but just said, hey, I want to like leave a little mark kind of thing. Like that would have been the same thing. Yeah. Either way, I thought like every part of that, that part of the story in that scene was just weird. Because it's like her thought yeah. was, I'm going to cut my baby open and shove a shark tooth in it. And then years later, I'm right. going to cut the shark tooth out. Like that whole, just right. everything about that was just such a weird, weird process. Like, yeah. yeah. And that was like, honestly, like story-wise, outside of the other stuff we've already talked about. Like just my initial when I'm watching the movie story-wise, that was weird to me. You know, but then another thing that I thought was just a little weird with this movie is they weirdly have the, the daughter, they weirdly just have her like infatuated with so many men and they made that a part of the story. And I thought that that was a little weird, you know, because she was the woman that didn't want to get married off or the girl that didn't want to get married off. And then like, but then like she was kind of flirty with that other guardsman when they were shooting guns and, you know, so much so that Viola Davis was like, I know you want to fuck the guys. And then with the Brazilian guy, you know, she's like, Oh, I know you want to fuck the Brazilian guy. And, but the, you know, like, like so much of that was just so weird that they still kind of felt the need to, in this movie with that's kind of about female empowerment, still have those weird type of scenes in it. Like a lot of those just felt unnecessary to me. And I didn't really feel like they added to the movie. And I felt like they detracted more than they added to anything. Not so much so that it was like a complete deal breaker, but I th- I still think it detracted more than it added. You know, even at yeah. the end of the movie. You know, because at the end of the movie, it was kind of obvious that he was going to like turn against his friend at that point. You know what I mean? Like, it just, Mm -hmm. I just still didn't feel like it truly, that little sub story was truly necessary through all of it. You know what I mean? They didn't have to have like that, those love story elements of it. I'm not saying you don't have that character, the character of Malik. I was fine with the character. He's a good character. Yeah. I had issues with the, like the the forced almost love story aspects of it, I did have yeah, issues the, with that. The story about him being like, "Hey, my mom was from here," and all that. I liked that. I thought that was a good part of the story. Yeah. Loved yeah. all that. And maybe he could have looked at her, and maybe 
he just respected the warrior part of her because that's not something that you see where he comes from. So maybe he's like, man, you know, maybe he could have been inspired and amazed by the fact that, that, that they are these warrior women and that his mom, maybe his mom used to tell him, you know, stories about them or something like that, because they were around for a long time. They were, they were, um, the Agoji were there, were at that kingdom and the guards women for that kingdom for a long time. So maybe he had heard a story about this and this is what my mom was talking about. And, you know, maybe there could have been some other connection other than a love, but not, but we can't go all the way connection ish thing that they did, you know? Yeah. I think like, Maybe I'm wrong on this, but the aside from the, you know, controversial stuff, my biggest, I guess, like confusion or complaint with this movie is I feel like John Boyega, the the character he played, I just don't feel like he would have taken his general of his army as his wife. I just don't think that that's something he would have done. Like, I get that they were like, you're more aligned with what I'm looking for and as far as you know, politically what we need to do. And I get that aspect of it, but I'm just like, that's like taking your, your general away from, from leading your fierce army. And I thought that that was a weird choice. And I feel like that wouldn't have happened, but I could be wrong, but I just feel like, no, that's like, why would he make that choice? Because, you know, my, the only thing with that, and maybe I'm confused with this too. I don't think technically she was his wife because well I don't think technically the woman king is like his queen. I think I, she's technically supposed to be like like traditionally in this kingdom they had both for a long time. And I think his brother went did away with it and he was the one that was talking about bringing it back that they were supposed to be equals. And all this other stuff. Now, you could be right that that could have meant that she was also his wife. But I also think it implied at one point that he also had multiple wives. Yeah. Because at one point he was walking down the hallway and he called like 20 girls his love. Yeah. And then this was just, like I said, the woman king. Like. Okay. That's how I took it too. They were equals. Yeah. But you also could be right, Heather. Like maybe I missed that part. You know, it's okay because that it doesn't define. I'm just saying it does not specifically define that the woman king is the queen. But I also get if you're looking at it like from a point of view of like, oh, I don't want to say the European model, but like you're used to if anybody's becoming the woman king, when there's already a king, that's implying that she's the queen and the queen is typically married to the king. You know, that's. Yeah. And I think. I think the reason that I thought it meant that it was going to be one of his wives is because of how, I guess, for one, how upset that the other wife was, the one who wanted the power, wanted to be in charge. And maybe it was just more of like the, again, like, oh, that means she's going to be in power over me more than anything. But um, but it just seemed like Viola Davis was also kind of like, um, what? You know, because she... 
she didn't, it just seemed like she didn't want to do that. And it could have also been, you know, I just don't want to have to completely follow his order of what he wants. I want to be able to go out and fight when I want and whatever. But, um, I I think that's why I thought it meant that they were like married because of the reactions of the people around the situation with it. But I could be wrong. I don't know. And I just felt like also it didn't seem like he treated his wives, wives. That's weird to say his wives, wives um, as equals. He didn't really see them as equals. He was kind of like, don't tell the wives my business. Or I remember there are, there, there are certain parts in the movie where he's like, who's gossiping to my wife? Who told my wife how I feel? Or one character was like, well, um, so this is, so I've heard that you don't really like the slave trade. You're trying to use this other resource and you're getting direction from your female general. And he was like, oh, well, where are you hearing that from? And my wife doesn't speak for me. Sorry. So um, it felt like he didn't see the wives as equals. Sorry, just throat locked up. Um, But with her, it felt like there was a conscious effort to, at the end to say she is a woman king like that seems to me like a distinction like she's going to be a ruler also she's going to be able to make decisions also a queen to me doesn't necessarily have that same power a queen is uh as far as i'm concerned like if it was a queen or another wife i don't think she would have been sitting there with him as equal as an equal i think it would have been, I think him calling her a woman king is a distinction to say she is also a king, like she is also a ruler. She's not another queen under me. So that's how I took it anyway. But but, but like we, we're all saying, there it doesn't distinctly say that, but it that seemed to be what it was. Yeah, and doing a quick search on the internet is not giving me enough clarity at this point. Yeah, I was trying to do that too. Trying to find it. Yeah, Yeah. trying to see if there's a definitive. But isn't that what it seemed like? Like, why would he call her the woman king and not just another one of my queens? You know? That's fair. Why would he say that? Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I don't remember it right, but I, I don't, I thought that he didn't initially call her that. I thought he just said, you know, I need somebody who's going to be more aligned with me that I can, you know, kind of take with me and parade with the people that come visit. I I didn't think that he necessarily was calling her the woman king at that point until the very end because of how shocked she was to have that name at the end of the movie. So I didn't realize, I guess, that at that moment when he said, hey, I want you to be the woman king. Like, I, I guess when, when he said like, Hey, I want this to be an arrangement we have. I didn't think that that meant she was woman King right then. You know, I just thought, I honestly was just taking it as like, um, I need you to be the, the wife that I take with me to political things because, uh, we are more aligned in what we want, but I don't know. Well, and I mean, and it would make sense too, though, if you're, 
if you're having somebody that's promoted to essentially equal power to you, you don't want to be diametrically opposed at everything. So it's that kind of mentality with it. But I think it's because technically, I think she was surprised at the end just because he was saying, I want you to be the woman king. And we're going to do this celebration and this feast to coronate you as such. No, you can't go do that shit. You know? And then she went, yeah, fuck she that. thought she was in trouble. She's yeah. like, fuck that. I'm still going to go do the shit. And then also at the same time, without his permission or without him even knowing, also burn down the slave post and kill all the people that theoretically we had not decided to stop slave trading with and possibly throw our entire economy into, to, you know, chaos. She went and did all of that and then came back and he was like, you know what? Fuck it. You're still woman king. I think that that's more why she was, you know, surprised because I mean, theoretically at that point in most sovereignties, especially back then, the king would have been like, nah, fuck this. You didn't listen to me. Now you're dead or punished. And you know, worst case scenario, you're just punished, you know, and not killed. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, then he was right, like, you know I what? Could be wrong then. No, you're still, obviously we still have the same goals and which is why the truth is also infuriating because he's like, nope, we still have the same goals. Slavery is bad for all of Africa. You're the woman king. Um, But, and I think that that's the problem with it is also the fact that her, since her character is made up, I think that the, the title of woman king might've been made up. Yeah. For this movie. And so mm-hmm. in doing that, it, it makes it even a little harder to try to ascertain exactly what you're talking about, Heather. It's like, can you really ascertain what exactly they meant since they didn't spell it out in the movie? Because there's not really historical context to also draw from. Yeah, I mean, and maybe that was just me, how I took it. I mean, you guys didn't think that, so I, maybe I just misunderstood it. So, I mean, honestly, it could have gone either way, though. Mm-hmm. You guys got any more thoughts about this here woman king? No. No, I'm good. All right. Well, I, I do have another like slight mea culpa. So one of the things I did do this weekend is I went and watched the Comanche version of Prey. And I was incorrect. I apparently I fucked up a lot in the Prey podcast. Because um, I was also wrong on the date for Predator. I was also wrong on something else. They did not reshoot the like redo the scenes where... It was an actual Comanche version. No, no, no. They dubbed it with Comanche. So it's the exact same okay. movie, and they just dubbed it with Comanche. I had apparently okay. misread or misheard okay. that. You know what? It's not as good. Because mm. it, it sadly has the same problems that most dubbed versions have. Yeah. The dubbing looks very bad. So that sucks. Bummer. It also sucks that I'm I'm having to correct myself so many times about that fucking episode. But I'm not trying to lie to you people. So I was wrong about that too. Still a very good movie. Still watch the movie. Still very, very good. Fuck. That's got to be up there with movies this year That's too. That's on the list. Fuck. Yeah. I forgot about every movie apparently in the last fucking two months. Um. I feel like it's because there were so many in a row that we were just like meh about that we talked about on here. 
And that's probably why I just felt like there were no good ones for a while. Yeah, because it's like, meh, and then a bunch of whatever, 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 whatever. Then you're like, oh, okay, that was good. Then you're just following it up with a bunch of whatever movies. And so you're just like, oh, my God, okay. Yeah. Yes, Prey, also very good. Prey's up there, fuck. Yep, Prey's up there. Prey's up there. Prey's very high up there. Oh, man. So, yeah, that's my little mea culpa about that movie. But other than that, Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers Podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. Facebook, we're Cinema Slayers Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, we're Cinema underscore Slayers. Cinema Slayers Pod on TikTok. Uh, Cinema Slayers Podcast on YouTube. Uh, shout out to Plug Me Go Mundo Cho for our theme song and logos, respectively. Uh, give us a five-star rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. On YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, hit the little bell notification button if you just don't remember that these episodes come out on YouTube on Thursdays. Anyway, uh, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your friends, family, tell your family's friends, and most of all, tell those dear sweet mothers because dear sweet mothers love... Super fit Viola Davis. They do. They do. I also would have accepted Woman Kings. Woman Kings, true. But yeah. you went way more specific, and I can't disagree with that. Because you know who else loves yeah. Superfit Viola Davis's Sterlings. <laughs> Sterlings, did yeah, podcast, man, she did a I great job. All of them did with how they looked. They definitely looked believable. They, they, that and they all is brought like, that physicality and aggression to their roles. She's like fifty-five years old. It's crazy. Yeah, she looks amazing. It's crazy, like. I saw, and this is random, but Bradley Cooper was at a football game and I was like, and he looks great. And I was like, how old is Bradley Cooper? And I looked it up and he was 57. So apparently 50 is the new 40 or something. Bradley Cooper is 57? (laughs) Yeah. What? That's crazy. That motherfucker looks younger than me and I'm 20 years younger than him. Hold on, it might be 47. I'm sorry. Did I say 57? Either way. Yeah. Either way. Okay, it is 47. My bad. 47. I'm sorry. I was like, my goodness. 60. My bad. 47 years old, but still. Kind of like, moisturizer. He's use. almost 50. And yeah. He don't look that at all. Like, at no. all. Like, I, I thought that he was like late 30s, you know. Somewhere in there, I thought somewhere in there. I but 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 he was at the football game, and I was like, "Dang!" So so apparently, like people just don't age much anymore, or some people don't. I was about to say, Justin, don't say that because you're really just looking at super rich people and going, "Man, they don't age." That's true. Sometimes it's just yeah. I guess this is a reflection of. The, the quality of your life at times. I guess that's true. Yeah. You know, I'd look fucking fantastic. But some of too. them age bad though. Well, that's like, true. That's true. Cause some of them just dedicate all their money to drugs or irresponsible decisions. Some of them dedicate their money to personal trainers and personal chefs. So this is true. That helps. This is true. Yeah. You know, because you still have like motherfuckers that look like like Ocho Cinco that ate fucking McDonald's three times a day. 
but looked like the statue of a fucking Greek Adonis. Yep. And that's crazy. That's still insane to me. Yeah, but the guy was also way, neither here or there. The other a day, god tier athlete. Um, but yes, Heather, you were one hundred percent correct. Mothers love super fit Viola Davis, and oh, mo- uh, most of all, though, dear sweet mothers also love remembering that, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. Oh, also, that trial that you had to go through to become a goji, that thorn bush thing that they had to just go through or whatever, like, that was crazy, too. Like, there was no strategic way to really do it. It was just like, yeah, go through this this giant thorn construction. Which was more brutal than any of the other fighting that happened. Yeah, <laughs> that was like the first obstacle. The first obstacle is that. And then that seemed like more of an ender than it was a, a starter. You know what I mean? No, no, Let no. Let me climb the wall. Yeah. You do it at the do beginning. Do all of that stuff first before I have to go through the giant thorn bush. No, no, no. Or whatever you, it was. You, you do it at the beginning to see how they'll persevere with injuries. Mm. Hmm. Ah, okay. Yeah. I One didn't even thing- think about that. I didn't think about one, that. One thing I did forget to say that I did like about the movie is the fact that um, when they're in that like major battle that the the younger girl who's the main character that she used the rope as a like her weapon and like it just kind of like call back to like how she's like what do I need this rope for and then she was using that rope and it was like a really like needed weapon for her in that battle so I thought that was really cool. That was tight. Yeah, that was that was a really good callback. It was. I agree. No, like uh, when you bring up that bush, though, like I know about that bush because there's like several things that go back to that bush with some of the things that I love, weirdly enough. The thorn bushes, it's not as graphic in it, but in the original Lion King in the animated series, when the hyenas are chasing them and it surrounds the elephant graveyard, the, uh. the thorn bush, that's what those are referencing. Um, okay. Also, the lions from Ghost in the Darkness, the real life lions, were maneless males. They didn't have manes. Now, in the movie, they did because visually speaking, it's confusing to people to go male lions without manes. It's confusing. But one of the theories was, back then at least, now we know it's genetics why they didn't have manes. But one of the theories was that they were they would walk through so many of those bushes that it had pulled out all the hairs of their mane. Those huh. that's like the like the people at the time, like having seen the lions and trying to stop them. Yeah, that was one of the theories of why they didn't have manes. Was that they were pulled off by those bushes and all the thorns. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, as soon as I saw like the outline of those thorn bushes, I knew exactly what was coming and was not looking forward to it. Yeah. Because I had heard stories. And red things and like things that reference back to those types of thorn bushes. It's not looking forward to that. Because, mm. dude, I've just, I've, I've walked through just like mild amounts of mesquite and know how tore up you get just doing that. I know. Like, and those in mesquite <laughs> bush, those thorns are like an inch long. Mm hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, I was like, oh my God, that's first? Like, <laughs> what, how intimidating must that have been? To, and especially just the, considering their height and size, like this thorn bush is the size of me and I have to go through it. Like that's Yeah, just, but the whole idea of doing that type of trial, yeah, why you start with that is everything else might be relatively easy, but that's why you're in pain. You're injured. You're hurt. Can you finish? Because that's what might happen in battle. You might get cut in a battle. You might get stabbed yep. in a battle. Can you go on? Can you continue and do what you need to do? Yep. That's and then the whole we saw of plenty of examples of that uh, in battles. And it was also cool how even though, um, she won, even though our young main trainee um, won. She won, but everybody got to be be an agoji because they all got through the trial. So I thought that that was cool too. It wasn't like, all right, we got one winner. Well, goodbye to the rest of you. Enjoy whatever life you can on the other side of the wall. I like how they all got to make it because they all, even though they didn't finish as fast, they finished. And that meant more, you know? Because like how inefficient would it be that you train like 50 people, but only one of them get to go through, even if they all can complete it. It's just one happens to complete it faster. You've got all these people that are obviously just as qualified, but a little bit slower. Like, yeah, yeah, of course, give her the extra special ceremonial sword. Cool. She was the winner. Cool. She gets an extra prize. But yeah, otherwise you're just leaving people that are obviously qualified to help you out in an impending war. And you're just going, nah, get out of here. Yeah. Get out of here. Only one prevails. So I did like that. I liked how they all got to like celebrate together and stuff. That was, that was pretty cool. I agree. 